Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. We're so glad that you've chosen to join us, uh, heading home from work perhaps, running some errands, going shopping. Maybe uh, more and more people are listening, sitting at home uh, as they haven't been out, as you haven't been out very much um, with the restrictions and such, maybe in a higher uh, class of danger, perhaps. Wherever you are, uh, we welcome you. We're glad that you've joined us, and you can join us on the air. You can always download our free app and join us on online, on the app, uh, here locally, 89.7 Grace FM, 101.7 Grace FM down in Colorado Springs. First one is in the metro area, Denver Metro, all the way up into Cheyenne, Wyoming, Shout out to all our peeps in uh, Cheyenne. Very grateful. I saw a picture today of Pastor Sean Sells down with our friend Nick Katie planning a northern Colorado uh, men's conference, I think it was. Just so grateful uh, for the godly men that I get to serve alongside of. And I uh, was just reminded to pray for Cheyenne, Wyoming this morning uh, when I saw that picture. Uh, you guys up in the Cheyenne area, Calvary Chapel Cheyenne is a very a solid Bible teaching church that you can trust. And we're grateful to be on and have the signal that that strong. And of course, uh, many are listening on Hope FM and Truth FM and uh, Refuge FM and other stations around the country. Uh, and we're grateful that you've chosen to carry our program and also listen in. Uh, you are uh, you are welcome. I want to hear your questions, and the way that do, we can do that two ways. Number one, you can call me, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or text me, and I'm going to, this person texts me at 4.02 p.m., so I'm going to go right to it in a moment. Here's the text number, 720-336-0897. Now, let me just tell you something about that last number, that text line. I, I want to encourage you, put that text line in your phone. Uh, put the number in your phone book, 720-336-0897, because you can use it in one of two ways. During the four o'clock hour, you can use it to, uh, during this hour, wherever this is, whenever this is airing, whatever time it's airing here in Colorado, it's 4 p.m. You can, during the hour of the show, you can use that text line, that number to text us a question. Of course, if you're in a safe place or you're, you know, you're not driving, uh, you can say it or you can be not driving and type it, right? But secondly, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can use it as a prayer line. And you can shoot us a prayer request. I just sent the, I get to see them, I pray over them, then I send them to our staff uh, and to our prayer teams, and we pray over them at the church here. Uh, and we pray for them. And uh, we would love, and at any time, so you know, you might be coming home from work at two in the morning, go, uh, hey Siri, uh, you know, Text Calvary Live and then uh, pray for me. I'm hurting right now. I'm sad. Whatever you you know, we would love to serve you. So put this number in your in your um, in your phone book 
in your contacts, 720-336-0897. And then, of course, the other number is Get You On The Air. And that's where we want. That's a show. It really works with people on the air, talking together, uh, dialoguing. Uh, so I'd love to hear from you. So let, I got some things to share, but I want to I want to go right to the phone lines because Matthew's waiting in Nunn, Colorado. Matthew, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call, Pastor Ed. And You're I welcome. To tell you, hey. Thank you. You, uh, you saved me. You saved me. Wow. Uh, how God was one of your sons. I don't know which one was, but it was on last night. And uh, then I went to go drop off my kids to eat it with my wife. Um, I was trying to minister her about. She, she left me, and it was an unbiblical divorce, and I've been faithful to God. And I was trying to tell her that you can repent um, from your adultery, that you're, you're left me, and now you're with another man. And there's a way out. You can repent from it. She didn't want to hear it. She said, I'm in love with him, and I'm, I'm, I'm moving on, and I'm never, ever, ever going to have a relationship with you ever again. And I told her, I said, you know, God's word says, this is what God's word says. It doesn't say anything about, well, there's another, you know. So as I left, the enemy was <clears throat> seriously attacking me. I, I always have faith that I'm on. And you, your, your word said, if you're having doubt right now, <clears throat> if you're allowing the enemy to attack you, you need to call somebody. You need to have them pray for you. <clears throat> Yes, I said that last night, and that was our live service from the sanctuary. I remember now. Wow. I think we lost you, though. Oh, there we go. Uh, well, that's encouraging, man. I mean, it's uh, it, that's you know the Bible says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep, and and you, my friend, are a person in the same. Um, you have both of those. And so we want to rejoice that God is moving in your life and he knows you and loves you. And we also want to pray for your broken relationship that God would bring your wife to her senses and that she would realize what a, as hard as it was and difficult it was to have, a, to have you wait for her and speak to her and encourage her to repent. It's very powerful. So thank you for calling. How can I help you, brother? I, I need you to pray for that. And, and uh, last night as I was driving past my church, I was like, you know what? I'm, i got to go to church. And and then the enemy was basically saying, you know what? What has God done for you? God hasn't done We just quit. We just quit. There's been so yes. many people that I've helped through God, with God's help. And I pulled into the church, and my brake light came on in my dash, basically trying to tell me, not to go. And I did. I went in and everybody anointed me with oil and I just <laughs> felt, I felt all surrounded me. And, and everybody was in tongues, not me, because I don't have that gift. But okay. I knew God, God was loving it on me. And I, and That's I was right. so thankful for you last night, man. I'm so thankful. That's awesome. Well, we're very grateful to, to be able to, to broadcast those services and just know that Man, and I was sharing with the church last night, I remember, like I was sharing, I said, man, 
God's word will not return void. It just doesn't. It's not. It's not empty. And you know, you go through Bible study after Bible study, and you think, "Oh, nothing's happening. I didn't get anything out of that." No, you did, because God's going to use His Word just at the right time in the right place for His purposes. So, thank you for sharing that. It helps everybody that works behind the scenes. It encourages them because it it takes a lot of work to get stuff on the air. So, thank you very much. I tell everybody about your station, and I tell everybody just to listen. I listen all day and all night. I even put it on at night when I'm sleeping. So oh, good. I, I, I just love you guys so much, and I'm so thankful for our church family. And, yeah, so I, I just want you to include yourself in your prayer of Calvary Church. Because I, I love all right. the Calvary Church family. All right. Well, let's pray. Father, I pray for my friend Matthew, and we do pray for reconciliation with his wife. And, and we know that these situations are very hard and challenging. And I'm also very grateful, God. Uh, I think of all the pieces of the puzzle that had to work last night. I think of Jason. I, I think of Matt. I think of Henry. I think of Ian. I think of Kevin, of course, uh, overseeing all of... I think of the people that that are behind the scenes, uh, that are doing what they do day in and day out to serve you in their gifts so that it all adds up to one little message, one little word uh, that says, man, just ask somebody for help. And that's it. And it was a Bible study, you know, God, of course you know that, but like just bless the men and women uh, because it gets tiring. Uh, Even we want to quit sometimes. We just like, man, it's so hard uh, in many ways and so challenging. Um, Even as I was talking to a brother yesterday, just... Um, he's just tired and there's a lot of weariness and tiredness. I think of what your word says, let's not grow weary in well-doing, but in due season, you'll reap if you don't lose heart. And uh, so thank you for the teams of men and women at Calvary, um, both now and all throughout the years that have uh, contributed to, they, they're not doing it for the, me or the church, they're doing it for you. And we get to benefit from the gifts of your church. And I look forward one day for Matthew calling and saying, hey, pastor, you won't believe what happened. And I'm like, oh, I I, I will believe what happened. (laughs) And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Kevin, would you look up where Nunn, Colorado is? Uh, It just sounds like it's in the middle of nowhere. Um, But I don't know. I've never heard of it before. 303-690-3000. I said I was going to do that text question and I didn't. So let me get that text question real quick and then I'll get back to the phone lines. It says, have you ever uh, heard a testimony from anyone about feeling a spiritual anointing of oil over them or experienced it? Um, that's a good question. Uh, people share things with me all the time feeling, you know, maybe a sensation or a warm feeling. Uh, I can't, answer that one way or the other and it could just be because of my memory so uh certainly there could be a an experience of just feeling like the lord is anointed and maybe even having a physical uh feeling to it i can't personally remember anyone ever sharing that with me um but you know it wouldn't be unbiblical to have an experience like that and just to feel a presence of god 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 definitely wants us to uh Get he wants us to know that he's there and he'll give us a, a physical manifestation of that at from time to time. You bet. 
All right, we're going to go back to the phone lines, but uh, just for those that are listening, uh, none, the, our brother was calling from Nunn, N-U-N-N, Colorado, which happens to be way up north in Weld County. And check this out. So this is Grace FM. Our, and, you know, you guys in Hope FM, Truth FM, you guys experience the same thing because the signal goes all over the place. But Nunn, Colorado has a population of 416 and that was in 2010, so it's probably different now, but uh, 416. So, so here's the deal. I was thinking of Matthew. I was thinking of him here, being able to tune in and hear Grace FM. And, and here's the thing. We are asking for your financial support of local Christian radio. And anyone already supporting part of Matthew's testimony is your testimony. I mean, I get these emails all the time pretty much every day of how God uses the radio. We get letters all the time, pretty much every day of how God uses Grace FM. And and if you want to join us and become a part of our support team, this is what you're supporting. And this is what you're doing uh, with not, you know, your tithe that goes to your church, but for your offerings, consider supporting local Christian radio. Grace FM here in Colorado, go to gracefm.com or download the app and you can set up online giving right there. Uh, and you can set it up so it's recurring. And every amount, every amount uh, is is used. It all adds up. The collective power of the body of Christ, it all adds up. And so I'm asking you, I am, as, a, as, as the pastor, I'm also the, um, I don't know what my title would be over the radio station, uh, I don't know. It's all one basket. It all comes at Calvary Church. But whatever I am over the radio station, uh, this is what I'm passionate about. Uh, God has entrusted us with it. Uh, so I'm asking you as a brother, uh, as a pastor, I'm asking you as the overseer of the radio station, Grace FM, support us. And um, you know, some of you might be going, oh, I can't believe they're asking for money. Like, I'm not begging you for money. I'm just saying, look, if you want to be a part of this, be a part of it. If you don't, that's okay too. We'll keep airing it. Uh, it'll be free. It'll always be free over the air. Uh, and we'll pay for all the infrastructure to make sure it's free online, make sure it's free streaming. You bet. It'll always be free. Um, but if you want to partner with us, man, do it. This is something to get behind. If you just heard Matthew, that is just one of the many reasons. And we are praying. You guys know this, so I want you to pray for us. We still have one station we want to buy. And actually, my prayers become, I want to buy a, a larger signal in Colorado Springs that will also reach down to Canyon City. So we don't have to have three stations. We'd only need two, and we would upgrade our current station. We'd have to do something else, another space on the dial, which is no big deal, uh, so that it would be large enough to cover even Canyon City. But the problem is, humanly, in Colorado, stations are never for sale, basically. Uh, never. I mean, I've been here 21 years, and very, very, very few stations are up for sale. Like for the general public, like if you're not in the inn, uh, if you're not already a major player, like the big dogs of you know whoever the radio companies are, then you they get them before they go for sale, right? Um, but God knows. He knows what He wants to do. He knows how He wants to use us. He knows. And and the heart for the bigger signal, of course, because Colorado Springs is growing. The heart is this. Um, um, 
we want to be able to reach all of Colorado Springs with a strong signal and the prisons in Canyon City, the prisons in Canyon City, because we know they're, they're, they're just there. Uh, and, and so let me now, uh, if you're listening on hope FM or truth FM, my request for you is local. So don't support us, support the station you hear this on, because that's where God's doing in your community. And, but for grace FM, obviously here. So let me, let me now, let me bring some balance here of a text that just came in. It says, Pastor Ed, my name is Julio. And like many people in Colorado, I'm struggling financially overwhelmed right now uh, with my financial responsibilities. I feel like I can't catch up or stay ahead. Scraping by groceries are a challenge. I know God is good. I need prayer. And, and that's both ends of the spectrum, right? Um, There are those that have more than enough that can support other ministries. And there are those like our friend Julio that's um, really struggling. And, and so I want to pray for him. That's what he's asking. And, you know, Julio, when you hear even requests for, uh, you know, giving to Grace FM, like you're listening right now, uh, don't feel guilty or anything that you don't have enough to give because your prayers is what you can give your prayer. And it's, it may cost you time or it may cost you sleep, but you can still support the station even if you can't do it financially. Uh, and so God, I pray Lord that you would provide for Julio according to your word. Uh, you said that even when you taught us how to pray, Jesus, that we would pray for our daily bread. And Julio's in a place where he's praying for his daily bread. And I pray you would provide for him according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And I pray that in the, my Glen, Colorado. Robert, welcome to the program. Hey, Robert, you're on the air. Yes, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yes. All right, all right, cool. Um, my question is, okay, I've been doing some studying. I've been, I checked it out, and um, I think it was 580. Constantine changed the Sabbath to Sunday. It was a Catholic, it was a Catholic thing. And, um, and I'm wondering, why don't we just keep the Sabbath day holy like God had wrote in the Ten Commandments? So let me, let me give you some perspective as you're studying this before I give you an answer. Uh, so let's just say that all the research you've done is correct and that the Sabbath was changed to Sunday by Constantine. What do you think, when do you think the believers were worshiping God the day before Constantine changed it? I believe with with Jesus and the disciples were keeping the Sabbath day holy. What do you think the early church, what day do you think the early church worshiped Jesus on? Okay, what churches are you talking about? The, the Church of Acts. Church the of Acts. very first believers, mostly Jewish believers. When did they worship as a church family? To be honest with you, I, I didn't study that part. Okay, because that's good. I, I, that's why I'm, I want to add some perspective. It's perfectly okay. I, I wanted to give you a little bit of perspective as you're going down this road. So let's go backwards and say, number one, Constantine did not change the Sabbath. The Sabbath is and always will be Saturday. Uh, it always will be. It can't be changed. You can't change it. I can't change it. It's defined in the Bible as Saturday. And it's established right from the beginning of creation uh, and can't be changed. Uh, I do understand what you have discovered 
with the religion of Roman Catholicism, how Constantine uh, merged the church with the state. I, that's There's some accuracy to that. But the idea that that the early that Constantine created it something where no longer you know now all of a sudden the day before they were worshiping on Saturday and then after he made that decree they were worshiping on Sunday that's not true uh, Sunday has biblically historically from the beginning of the church been the day that the church the new entity believers in Messiah the blood of Jesus Christ. Uh, began to worship. And I would say this, technically, if we want to look at this technically, we worship God every day of the week, right? We worship God any day of the week. Um, we The days the days that we live, uh, if you, you and I right now are in a form of worship as we're talking about the things of God together, uh, and, and we're worshiping every day, exactly. So when, you know, it, if you go back to the early church in the book of Acts, uh, this is this is how the the gathering together, especially for the corporate gatherings, which basically was from house to house in the early church, surrounded one event, the most important event in the life of Jesus, and that's his resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, and when a day is mentioned in connection with the appearances of the risen Lord, it's always connected on the first day of the week. Uh, in John chapter twenty. He startled them on the first day. Uh, in John chapter 20 later, Jesus receives worship from Thomas on the first day. On In Luke 22, on Sunday night, Jesus took bread and blessed it. Uh, in John chapter 20, Sunday night, Jesus blessed the disciples by telling them, peace be with you. In the same chapter, that same day, he told them to receive the Holy Spirit. And as you as you read through them gathering together, when Paul writes to the church, he says, when I come, I want you to take up the offering for the first day of the week. So worship historically has been on Sunday. So let's go back to the question, uh, what about Saturday? Because what you're referring to is a is a question that I've asked and answered in one of my Bible studies, and I asked this question. Didn't the Roman Catholic Council of Laodicea change the Sabbath from Sunday? Uh, and and the answer is no. What, what did happen is, is that in the 4th century, Constantine's anti-Semitic edict outlawed Saturday worship. But there were already thousands upon thousands of Christian believers worshiping on Sunday. So how do we keep the Sabbath today? Because the Sabbath was not given to New Covenant believers. Um, The Sabbath is not taught for New Covenant believers. Of the Ten Commandments that are given in Exodus, nine of them are moral. For example... Um, this is repeated in the New Testament, uh, Robert. To worship the Lord God only, repeated 50 times. To not participate in idolatry is condemned 12 times for New Covenant believers. Profanity, taking the name, Lord's name in vain, condemned four times. Honoring your parents, repeated six times. Don't murder, repeated six times. Don't commit adultery, uh, re- condemned 12 times. Stealing, condemned four times. Don't bear false witness four times. Covetousness nine times. But keeping the Sabbath for new covenant believers is never mentioned in the New Testament. Never. Zero. Uh, Because it is fulfilled in Jesus Christ so that now Jesus is our Sabbath. So much so, and I'll give you one more thing and you can have a follow-up if you like. 
In Romans chapter 14, verse 5, this was such an issue that Paul says, one person esteems one day above another, another person esteems every day of like. Let every each one be fully convinced in his own mind, because he who observes the day, whatever day it might be, observes it to the Lord. And he who does not observe the day, to the Lord he does not observe it. And we keep the Sabbath today by faith in Jesus Christ, because the Bible says Jesus is our Sabbath rest. He is our rest. And anyone in Christ, by faith, is keeping the Sabbath. Okay. Um, but I know that says if you love God, you'll keep his commands. Sure. Are you, do you have faith in Jesus Christ? Yes, of course I do. I... Then, then you are keeping the Sabbath, even in this very moment, because you have rested your entire life in the Lord. That is how anyone today, you want to keep the Sabbath, and you want to fulfill the law, and you want to obey God, then trust him, and he'll lead you in obedience. When I go to a church that they do um, keep the Sabbath, they do the feasts and the festivals, because I really believe I want to follow Jesus, and I don't want to follow man's law. I want to follow God's law. Well, let me ask you this. In the church that you're in right now, uh, if you refuse, if you choose not to worship on Saturday, what happens to you? No, I I said I don't go to church right now, but I want to oh. go to a church that wants to follow Christ and walk. I want to walk the path that God okay, walks. I see. Well, I I think that you should find a new covenant church that points you to the full, complete, finished work of Jesus Christ. And the church that you describe that places an emphasis on keeping the feasts in order to be obedient to God will be leading you astray because it is, the Bible does not require you under the blood of Jesus Christ to keep the feasts because Jesus himself, all those feasts were pictures and types pointing to Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with them to enjoy them, to celebrate them, to join together with the graftness, graftedness of Jew and Gentile alike in Christ, but they are not required for you and I. You don't have to worship on Saturday to obey God. Grafted in, correct? Weren't we, um, um, once we accepted uh, Jesus in our heart, weren't we like spliced <clears throat> in to that? Yeah, into a new entity, the church. So we're no longer Jew or Gentile, we are the church a new identity of the new covenant. Remember what Jesus said when he passed the cup around at the last meal, which was the Passover meal? He said, take and drink. This is my blood shed for you, the blood of the new covenant. And the new covenant replaces the old covenant. They don't, the, the two do not operate side by side. The old is replaced by the new. Is that on Passover night? Yeah, it was Passover night, yes. Well, on Passover night, Passover. Jesus was predicting that there would be a new covenant, not a not a change of the old not a, a adjustment, but a replacement of the old covenant. Well, didn't Jesus say that not one pill would be um erased from God's commands? But here's the here's the problem with as as you and I are talking, before before I answer another question, you really have to deal with and 
consider what it means for the new covenant replacing the old covenant. You really have to process that. So before before we get into, well, didn't Jesus say, let's just focus in for this. What, How significant is the new covenant? If it's new, what's new about it? Okay, that's right? the new covenant. Well, didn't Jesus yeah, say that's that? That's super important. The first two commands, you kept them all? Actually, he led he led to he led you and I to a greater command. He said, "The whole law and the prophets is summed up in this: love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself." Which I'm glad that you brought that up because it actually supersedes everything that we're saying. When we live in the law of love, we're not going to be worried about these things. Uh, we're not going to be so hyper concerned about them because our hearts are going to be knit together with God by faith in Jesus Christ, and that's going to lead us to a beautiful response of love to our neighbors. Man, so so appreciate your question today. Thanks for calling, buddy. Bye-bye. Hey, you hear the music. It's already the first half. Unbelievable how fast the show goes. Give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, and we'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back, everyone, to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor. I don't even think I mentioned that earlier. Pastor here at Calvary Church. I was uh, doing a podcast interview right before the show today and just contemplating uh, being here for 21 years, um, all the changes that we've seen, and and I just had this overwhelming sense of appreciation uh, for all the men and women that have come through our church uh, in the last 21 years. Uh, you know, the leaders, men and women that um, serve the Lord, uh, they love this church, and, and many of them are still with us. Uh, many have moved on to another ministry, may, may moved on to something else, um, but uh, even good or bad, you know, some people move on really, really well. Some people move on, you know, upset or just all of it. And I, I just was overwhelmed with the appreciation um, the, to be a part of, because it's not about Calvary Church or your local church. It's about the church and our little part of it. And everyone along the way, just loving the Lord, serving the Lord, being faithful. Of course, those that have been faithful uh, and have been faithful and even just overwhelmed by the group of people we have right now, uh, the faithfulness, um, you know, the the reality of how challenging and difficult it can be. Just so good to be alive, serving the Lord, um, encouraged in Him. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. You want more information on our church, go to our website, CalvaryCO, that stands for Colorado, CalvaryCO.church, CalvaryCO.church church and all the information you need to know about our church but in an even more concise and thorough way of of connecting with us is download our app and every morning i send out an encouragement sometimes two uh, we don't we won't bombard you so make sure you turn on your notifications we won't bombard you but we do communicate we love to communicate here so we're sending stuff out almost every day uh, on our app on our social media we want you. We want to give you a window into the ministry here. We want to help you. We want to serve you. 
Even as I see an email come through, a new believer that wants new believer material just came in right now. I'm going to send it right after the show. Uh, And that's probably someone from the East Coast from last week's show that we talked about. We had such an overwhelming response. So it's worth repeating again. If you're a new believer and you want information to help you grow and even information to disciple a new believer, come alongside a new believer. As a matter of fact, we're almost done with a, uh, a version in Spanish. Uh, Pastor Sergio here and his team has been working really hard for our new believer packet to be translated in Spanish. So we're very we're right at the end there uh, with the new new believer packets in Spanish. But we've got resources in English for sure, uh, and we'd love to put it into your hands. Uh, so email me ed uh, ed at edtaylor dot org ed at edtaylor dot org, and I'll be sure to send out that info to you. Uh, right after the show, then this would be for uh, new believer. I'll send you a couple of links where you can, it'll get, take you there and you can download them and use them freely. You can duplicate them. You can forward that link. You can do whatever you want with them. Um, freely we receive, freely we give. 303-690-3000, Denver, Colorado. Colin, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good, man. Um, well, I just wanted to start off by saying i uh, blessed to be a part of uh, your Calvary family and Aurora and God's family. And, and uh, it's it's been a blessing, man. Um, got saved That's good. pretty much like right when COVID hit last year and started listening yes. to Grace FM and got familiar with all of this and decided to come and attend at Calvary Aurora. And I've been getting fed ever since. So I just wanted to start off by saying thank you for that. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Basically, my question today comes from a buddy of mine, you know, being being saved, obviously, it kind of goes without saying that, you, you know, your life changes and people drop out of your life, you know, birds of the feather flock together, but I ain't flocking with any of those people anymore. And this one right. close uh, friend of mine who's a Marine um, out, in, uh, out in Southern Cal, he... Um, uh-huh. He's been the one who's progressively seen my change in me. He, me and him, you know, throughout middle school and high school growing up, always, like, known. I mean, we knew God existed. We, we, we believed in that, but we just didn't want to give up any of the authority or live in obedience or anything like that. So as he's seen me change and everything that's happened to me, he's like, huh, like, there really is something here. So um, he, uh, he started to walk down that path himself, and we've uh, gotten much closer in that regard studying the Bible together uh, a couple times a week on FaceTime and whatnot. And he ended up texting me today. Uh, he replied actually back because I sent him an article uh, off of, uh, I believe it was from the Gospel Coalition, off their website, something about, uh, like, how can, uh, how can I know my husband is faithful to me? I just read yes. it, and I thought it was a good read, and I sent it to him. And he responded back. Uh, the Old Testament talks about having numerous wives, so it's okay. Yeah. And I, and I sure. thought he was messing with me at first. I thought he was just trying to, like, put, like poke and jab. But then I, like, you know, replied back to him. And I was like, you know, it's, it's obviously it's, it's not okay. And he just starts throwing, like, Exodus 21.10 at me, Deuteronomy 21, Moses and his two wives, and all this kind of stuff. So I kind of am at a point now to where I don't, I don't really want to stumble him. And I want to be able to come back at him with a with a good answer. So I'm just kind of curious as, you know, how can, cause this isn't the first I've heard of it. I've heard 
other people talk about this before. I've heard, you know, when I was younger, I was making jokes that even the Bible talks about having multiple wives, so it's got to be okay. And all those TV shows you see of dudes having multiple wives. So I'm kind of just like curious how I could go about explaining to him without stumbling him or anything, how obviously it's not okay. And, you know, his, his scripture was very just, you know, that, that time was ruled by polygamy. So it's like, I don't know. I kind of just am curious as what I should say or do. Yeah. I mean, the, it is a it is a challenging uh, passage because explicitly or a challenging thought because explicitly polygamy is not really addressed in the scriptures in that sense it's like cigarette smoking right cigarette smoking isn't addressed in the Bible either it does there's nowhere you're going to be able to find a scripture that says do not thou shalt not smoke uh, and there is no particular scripture uh, that says thou shalt not marry more than one wife. Uh, because I think it is explicit in the definition of marriage and therefore unnecessary. Now, there is a passage in the Bible where Solomon is told not to multiply wives. Uh, he is told that very explicitly, but it's not necessarily a general teaching against polygamy because I believe God makes it clear that marriage from the very beginning, and Jesus affirms this in the New Covenant, that there's that marriage is one man, uh, one woman, bound together for one lifetime. That's God's, That that's not only the definition of marriage, but that is God's best for you and for me. Um, we know that we don't always live up to that. And that that is clear throughout the scriptures uh, for a variety of reasons. Some have multiple wives uh, because of, uh, because they were widow widowers and their wives died. Um, some had multiple wives uh, because they chose to marry two women uh, and or more than two women and and the 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 lifestyle the lifestyles recorded primarily in the old in the Old Testament but polygamy was rampant in the New Testament as well uh, you have the people the men that God used um, make some some serious um, seriously faulty decisions when it comes to the and they paid the price for it um, it, it is a painful thing that you read of everyone that had multiple wives paid a very deep price in their families. Their families weren't right. Their marriages weren't right. You know, there was um, jealousy, favoritism, you name it. It was just a mess. But Genesis chapter 2 is very clear, uh, describing exactly what marriage is. And, and it doesn't involve two women. It doesn't involve two men. It doesn't involve a woman and a dog. Uh, it doesn't involve, you know, it, it's not multiple husbands and multiple wives. Uh, marriage is not defined through homosexuality or lesbianism or transgenderism. Marriage is very clear. One male, uh, genetically DNA male, uh, because even with some of the surgeries and such that are available today, it doesn't change the DNA of a person. And one genetic female come together in marriage. So the question is then, why doesn't why, why is it mentioned in the Bible? Well, here's the thing, God. He, and here's my here's my view of it, and what I would start talking with your with with your friend. Um, I'll give you a broad answer, and then I tell you how I'd answer your friend. But the broader part of this is that the only people on the earth are flawed, sinful people, and they and and all of us, you and me included, in that list. And that's all that God has to work with because of the way that he's created humanity. And 
in your case, there's probably a sin in your life that if we were writing the Bible and we wrote it in there, you're like, what? Does God allow that? Well, just because it's mentioned doesn't mean God approves of it. He can allow things but not approve of them. He allows sin, but he doesn't approve of them. And you have a past, I have a past, and these men have a past. And polygamy can clearly be demonstrated throughout the Bible that it is not God's design. It is something that man has invented. And almost always, listen, you see it throughout history, almost always polygamy involves a singular man and many women in a place of subjugation to the man. I mean, think, think through the annals of history, just in your general knowledge. How often have you heard polygamy referring to one woman and multiple men in a marriage relationship? I can't think of one. Can you? In Scripture or just in general? Anywhere. Definitely not in the Scripture, but anywhere in general. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't some—I forget her name, but there was like a woman who used to rule over Egypt, and she, she may have had— Multiple That's men, possible, I don't yeah. Know if she was married to him, but or or it could be more of a governmental thing. I mean, I'm just thinking in general. Like if it was the norm and it was acceptable by God and it was the definition of marriage, we would hear more of it and it would be both sides. But Absolutely. this particular but sin, like, pretty much all the time, it's just multiple has a tendency of a man taking advantage yeah. of women. Um, yeah. So here's how I'd answer your friend. I would answer your friend. Where in the Bible, and I'd say, hey, you know, you made some great observations. You you see some guys that have uh, made some really bad decision in multiplying wives, uh, even though Solomon said, uh, was told not to do it himself in Deuteronomy chapter 17. But you've identified men with, um, with multiple wives. Where in the Bible does it say it's okay? I would flip his question on him. Where right. in the Bible does it say it's okay? And of course, he could come back. I, I can anticipate he may answer, well, well, it's not condemned. I'm like, it's like, and I'd use that illustration. Neither is cigarette smoking. Neither is smoking marijuana, for that matter. Um, there's no scripture in the Bible that says, thou shalt not smoke marijuana. Um, but I can make a strong case why it's not wise. Um, I can make a strong case where it's going to get you in trouble. I can make um, a strong case yeah. that you shouldn't. I'm in. I, I'm in. A, that's one thing that the Lord set me free of, man. I'm. I'm only yeah. 22, and I was. I was addicted to to, to weed for a long time, dude. And he, yes. Uh, he, he really set me free of that, and I've been sober now for about seven months, eight months. So I can I can fully attest to how yes. not wise living high. So, how it's so part of part of what you're trying to help your friend with is understand, understanding how to use the Bible. Uh, because if he only, and, and that's why I was walking him down a path, like if he only looked at the Bible to say, well, if it doesn't say thou shalt not, then it's okay. And you're like, no, that, that can't be possible because there's a lot of things in there that, there's a lot of things in life that the Bible doesn't address explicitly. And instead, instead of the precept, and this is, you know, this is kind of deep. These are a series of conversations with your friend. But if the Bible doesn't say something in precept, most likely it says something in principle. And in principle, the precept is marriage is one man, one woman, one lifetime. In principle, the fact that 
men are recorded as having multiple wives in no way approves of it. It just simply states the facts. God doesn't bless that relationship for what it is. He blesses people. We see that all throughout the scriptures. You go, well, Abraham many, had many, or Jacob had many wives, Lamech had many wives. Uh, God blessed them. Yeah, God blesses sinners. Of course he does. That doesn't, imp- that doesn't necessarily mean he's, a, he's blessing their polygamous decisions. I mean, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and enjoy the blessings of God. And so you have to help your friend parse this out. It's going to take some time because he, if he's not a believer, he's spiritually blind. He's not going to want to, he's not going to see these things. Um, what he's going to see is your patience with him. He's going to see you trying to help you understand and explain to which the Holy Spirit will you really use that in his life. But polygamy is certainly not God's will. We do see it specifically uh, taught against with um, with Solomon in particular. I don't think it's just for Solomon. Um, but it's wisdom for any kings, anyone's in position of the leadership. And you know, you can put a strong case together by principle and by precept that polygamy is not God's best and it's sinful. Praise the Lord! Like he he is a believer. Um, like he. Okay. Uh, his, okay, good. His, his mom passed away when we were like 14, and that sent him down a real dark path. But just after continually just having things not go his way and him digging himself into deeper holes, he's like, I got to find a way out of this. And that was pretty much around the same time when I really found the Lord. And he's like, I was just the things I'd be telling him and telling him to check out, resources I'd be telling him to get. And he, he's he's so, come around, and now he's okay. he's really trying to get into it and reading on his own. That's good. Discussing all these things, and he's like, well, it doesn't, like, he, he didn't, he knows that God doesn't say it's okay, but he's like, it's in the Bible, so it must be okay, because he right. told me. Well, there's a lot of things in the Bible. Like, for example, David, as a, as a man after God's own heart, murdered someone. That's in the Bible, too. But it doesn't make murder okay, uh, even though God used a man that was a murderer. So, let me, here, I want you to email me, because I've got a great answer for you. Uh, while you were talking, I looked something up. So let me just run this through really quick of of this answer by a man by the name of Norm Geisler. He says, listen, monogamy is God's standard for the human race. And it's clear from these facts. Number one, from the beginning, God set a pattern by creating a monogamous relationship. We already talked about that. Number two, following this, God's established example, one woman, one man. This was the general practice of the human race through Genesis 4 until men started to sin in Genesis 4.23. Number three, the law of Moses clearly commands, you shall not multiply wives. And we saw that, Deuteronomy 17. Number four, the warning against polygamy is repeated in the very passages where it numbers Solomon's wives. Number five, the Lord reaffirmed God's original intent by citing, by citing this very passage in Matthew chapter 19. One male and female joined in marriage, Jesus taught. Number six, the New Testament teaches that each man should have his own wife and each woman have her own husband, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Number seven, likewise, Paul insisted that a church leader should be the husband of one wife, 1 Timothy 3. And then this one is what caught my eye. That's why I want you to email me and I'll copy this and send it to you uh, because this will help a lot, the way that Geisler puts it together. Number eight is, I should have thought of this first, but this jogged my memory. Monogamy is so important. Listen, because a monogamous marriage is a prefiguration of the relationship between Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, Ephesians chapter 5, right? Because marriage is a picture and a type of the relationship. It prefigures 
the relationship between Jesus and his church. Jesus doesn't have many churches, even though it's all divided denominations and stuff. Jesus has one church, the bride of Christ, one true church. He doesn't he doesn't have relationships with 10 or 15. And in order for that picture to be accurate, you and I, we need to follow God's precept uh, for one man, one woman, one lifetime. And so the article is actually much bigger than this. So if you email me, I'll send it to you. Oh yeah, absolutely. That was that was fantastic. That was that was really that, good. That's the answer. So much better than mine. That's why Geisler was a doctor uh, and a great theologian. He's in the presence of the Lord now. But this is from the book I've always recommended: "When Critics Ask." When Critics Ask, one of the best, if not the best, Bible difficulty book that exists. Um, what's your what's your email so I can write it down right here? It's ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor.org. Ed at edtaylor.org. Okay, and then I'll just, yeah, I'll just email you and I'll put in the subject line, this call or something. And, and, uh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, send me that article. If you, do, if you do it right now, I'll answer it right after the show. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm actually com, uh, comprising the email right now. <laughs> awesome. Okay, buddy. <laughs> God bless you, man. Hey, thank you very much. All right, bye-bye. It's so good to hear a con- to hear um, multiple times of the interfacing of people talking about these difficult things. We need to have the Bible says to be ready for an answer for those for the hope that lies within us uh, to be able to answer through. And even if you can't do a thorough answer, you you know, as even I was talking through, I've got the pieces in my mind, and as I'm putting them together, and then when I come over to Geisler, I'm like, oh my gosh, that is just so good right there. He, he, not only does he do that, but then he goes on to say polygamy was never established by God for any people under any circumstances. Um, yes, polygamy is mentioned in the context of a sinful rebellion. Uh, uh, number two, God repeatedly warns polygamists of the consequences lest they turn away from God. He never commanded polygamy. Um, it's not only taught in the Bible by precedent, but by proportion and by precept and by prefiguration. I mean, you got to get this book. It's not in print anymore, so you got to get it um, like used. But when critics ask, um, I should have gone there first um, because he just, if somebody has a better answer than me, I either want to memorize it uh, and repeat it or just read it like I did because um, we want to be able to grow in grace together uh, and and learn together. So good. that Man, I'm so glad Colin called. And, and listen, that's a new believer. Right, we're talking today's kind of a, a theme thematic day where you got somebody looking for a church wrestling with the Sabbath. You got some text coming through that way. You got new believer that's like, man, let's talk about the hard things and let's just talk about my friends. And I got I have new friends now and I'm con- reconnected with old friends. That, my friend, is Grace FM. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of the local church. That's the power of the airwaves. Uh, and and. The other thing about Colin that ministers to my heart is he got saved at the beginning of the pandemic, right? That's how he, remember, we've been saying this a lot. I'm sure your pastor has too, that God's going to use this. God's using it. God's using it over and over and over again. People are going to get saved. There's going to be a harvest, a lot of seeds planted. Uh, we can we can always be concerned and worried. Oh, it's hard and it's difficult. And it is. Yes. But God is at work. So good. All right. Let's see here. Dave and Conifer, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. How you doing? Good. How are you? That was, 
I'm good. That was a really good call that just happened. And one of the thoughts that came through my mind when I was listening was that, you know, Moses allowed divorce, but it wasn't God's heart for divorce. So right. just because, you know, it, it it happens, it doesn't mean it's God's heart or God's will for you. But anyway, I called in for a praise report. I'm part of the Wood Ministry up in Conifer. I think you might be familiar with it. I've called a couple times. Yes. And yes. with the pandemic, um, you know, we weren't able to have our yearly gathering. We had 250 or 300 people splitting wood to, uh, to hand out to the neighbors in need. But, by, but God is good. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. God is good all the time. Um, we decided to do uh, weekend processing, and we came up with teams of 10. And every weekend we've been gathering together and processing cords of wood to give out to people in need. People up here are struggling sometimes to put food on the table and heat their homes, and, and we're giving away, to, uh, giving away free wood so they can at least heat their homes. Praise God! I know that every year there's there's always. I mean, the last year was COVID, right? So we were you were very concerned of how God, what what God, well, how was God going to provide during COVID? And He provided, and here He is. This is something that the Lord's been using for many years through you and the many wonderful people that joined together with you. So thank you. Yeah, I just want to call in my praise report because, as you know, God is good all the time. Amen. Thanks, buddy. God bless you. Bye bye. All right, what what a great show today. I, I wanted to end just uh, with this passage that we t- learned last night um, as a church. I want to give it to you as an encouragement. I want to give it to you as an exhortation because it really applies specifically to the days in which we live. The Bible says, Peter does in 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God, who have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And and here's the the key that uh, we looked at last week, and then we're going to look at the next section, submitting to government, uh, because everybody's talking about that right now. Many believers are flipping out uh, because of the unrighteous decisions of government uh, and and just really pressing up against so many things that they disagree with. Maybe that's you. Maybe politics has sidetracked you. Maybe you have uh, spent more energy trying to save a country than you have seeing people's lives saved. Maybe you are more um, interested in what the Constitution says than what the Bible says, and you've been sidetracked, and you've been taken off course. And you're not running the race of faith, even though you think you are, because this has become the gospel to you, saving a country, getting a particular president. And let me just clarify before I get into the Bible, I'm not minimizing the value of this country. I love my country. I love the people that have uh, spilled their blood for our country, Uh, the military. I I love this country. I'm grateful to be born into it. Uh, I also love the Constitution. I think it's one of the finest documents. And I was careful with my words, one of the finest documents ever written. But it's flawed. Our country is flawed. The Constitution is flawed. Period. And Jesus didn't die to save countries. He died to save souls. And you're like, what? You're just, what, is, what do you mean? You're just not the Bible. The church has to stand up. The church has to, yeah, you know, the, the church actually does have to stand up. The church does need to speak up. The church does need to enter into the communities and be used in a mighty way. But perhaps not the way that you've been, you've been thinking. And maybe 
this has become more important. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, seek ye first saving the United States of America, putting the, your person in the office of the president. Oh, you know, don't, don't misunderstand me. I understand the current administration is going to, is, has made decisions already that severely affect babies in the womb and on and on the list can go because no administration's perfect. And, and even in the previous administration, there were a lot of great decisions that favored life and things that we value as believers. And, and that there's, that's, that's not debatable in that sense. It's true. But if we camp on that, we miss the point. Because the gospel is what is the point. The Bible says to seek ye first the kingdom of God. We're citizens of heaven first. And his righteousness, these things will be added unto you. So this is, listen to this verse. It just jumped out last night and, and so encouraging. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Having your conduct honorable among all the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, which is happening right now, the church is being maligned, minimized. Christians are increasingly being persecuted, taken advantage of, and it's so much bigger than being banned from Twitter, friends. It is so much bigger that that it, there are believers having their heads cut off in Iran today, and we may see things happen in our culture. Yes. And this is happening. The church, it's evil. They're wicked. Get rid of them. They're filled with hate. This is happening. I agree with you. It's happening. What's our response? Listen, let your conduct be honorable that when they speak evil against you, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. Let's be let's be the church in love and care. If you're if you want to get in politics, go for it. You want to go to law school, go for it. Do it. We need Christians there, but let it be after you seek first the kingdom. I love you guys. Go to our website, calvaryco.church. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.